Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, we have an update on the war in Israel, and Michael Hoggard will share what he learned at the Symposium on UFOs that he attended earlier this year. Did you know that you can now hear this program, Watchmen on the Wall, at the website oneplace.com and sermonaudio.com? Some brand new ways to access the Christ-centered clarity that's needed now more than ever. And whether you're listening on the radio or online, if you're new to Watchmen on the Wall, make sure you request your free new listener pack. The pack includes a welcome letter, history of the ministry, the latest issue of our Prophetic Observer, and a free gift. Get your free new listener pack by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. For the last three years, Michael Hoggard has been attending the MUFON Symposium. That stands for Mutual UFO Network. He's attended to hear the latest information concerning UFOs, as well as distribute some of his video teachings on UFOs free of charge. This year, he's decided to report on the things he's heard and learned at the symposium. With the details, here's Michael Hogger. Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall program. I am your host today, Micah Van Huss, and today we are joined by a special guest. Pastor Michael Hoggard is here to talk about the MUFON Symposium. How are you doing, Pastor Hoggard? Doing fine, Micah, doing fine. Well, tell us, what is this uh, MUFON Symposium? All right, MUFON stands for Mutual UFO Network. I'm not sure exactly when it was started, but it was basically started to investigate, to do a serious and legitimate investigation of UFO sightings that were of a non-military nature. Those who have followed the UFO topic over the years probably have heard of Project Blue Book, which was the United States Air Force attempt at, at actually trying to do more than cover up the whole UFO idea. And uh, they hired a, uh, a physicist by the name of uh, J- Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who was a non-believer in the whole UFO thing until he started doing the investigations for Project Blue Book. And at the end of Project Blue Book, J. Allen Hynek said, uh, no, these things are real, and uh, we don't know where they're coming from, but we know they're not coming from Earth, and we know they're not any, they don't have any natural or man-made identification to them. And so after Project Blue Book closed back in the early 70s, and they basically, like I said, they just covered up the whole UFO thing, then the Mutual UFO Network was started, and they consist of, uh, and this is what I like about it, they consist of a lot of PhDs, scientists, people who can actually go out and do what I call nuts and bolts investigations, rather than always focusing on the, uh, the esoteric or the spiritual or the occultic side of the UFO movement. Three years ago, I got an advertisement on my Instagram page about the MUFON UFO symposium that was going to be held in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And I had the thought that maybe we could go there and that we could give out some of the information that we have pertaining to UFOs, some things, some investigations and studies that I've done on UFOs and how they're related to the Bible, how they're related to Bible prophecy and so on. And so we attended our first MUFON convention 
in uh, Las Vegas a couple of years ago. It turned out very well. In fact, it ended up that I had a German reporter. He was a, a writer for a sort of a paranormal website in Germany. And when he came across our table, he asked me, he said, what in the world is a Protestant minister doing at a UFO conference? He thought that was just out of place. And so he did a, like a, an hour-long interview with me. And that turned into, he wrote a really, really good article there for the German audience there on his, on his uh, website. And that later turned into, they sent a film crew out last year to interview me and interview some people in our church because we were sort of like a fascination to them. Last year, the uh, symposium was in Denver, Colorado. And it was there that a man came to me who I identify under the pseudonym of Jack Webb. I can't give out his real name because he wants it to remain private. But he is a man of higher learning. He has a PhD. He does a lot of teaching and so on. And he had a UFO experience when he was five years old. Now, this man is a born-again Christian. His father was a pastor in the South back when he was growing up, back in the 50s and 60s. He had an encounter when he was five years old. And at five years old, he heard a voice that was telling him to go out to the back porch of his house. He had a, a UFO, uh, or he heard a voice that was calling him out to the back porch of his house. So he goes out there, and he looks up, and he sees that this saucer-shaped disc craft hovering right above his back porch. A door opens up, and a beautiful woman, beautiful blonde hair, blue eyes, flowing robe, and she is beckoning him to come up to the saucer with her. He looks at her, and she has all these children around her on that UFO. Mm. But those children, they, they don't have smiley faces. They're not playing with one another. They look very grim, very sad. So he didn't want to go. And he felt this beam like it was pulling him up to the craft. And out of fear, he says he fell backward. He ran back into the house, got his sister. When they ran back out, the thing was gone. He held that story in all the way until, like I said, a couple of years ago, and he made a, an, an anonymous report with MUFON back in May of last year. And then he told me the entire story, and I've conveyed it to various people and so on. But the interesting thing is, that, like I said, this man was a born-again Christian who was being called up to go into this UFO and I, I told him, I said, I believe God kept you from having to go up there because I mm -hmm. think he would have been taken and not ever brought back. So anyway, the um, MUFON Symposium this year was held in Cincinnati, Ohio, Cincinnati, and Covington, Kentucky. They're sort of like twin cities. The Ohio River is between them. And so we attended this year. And uh, I feel like we had some, somewhat of success in reaching some people, but we also had what I can say is some very, very interesting conversations with people. And I heard some very, very interesting things that some of the speakers had to say during this year's convention. Well, and uh, let's get into that real quick. You've given us some of the reaction. That's one of my questions is, you know, how are people accepting you and handling you, but also the, the speakers. So tell me what's on your mind with that. One of the things that, that I like is when we find those who have a Christian background or those who say they're Christian, and they come by our table and they see our material and so on, and they're always very interested in what the Bible has to say. And so, you know, reaching them 
is usually not a problem. Mm-hmm. And like I say, we just give away our information. We don't sell them or anything like that. And um, the, one of the things that I found amongst the people that attend these conferences to hear the speakers and to, you know, to go into the vendor room and everything like that is that most of these people already have a pre-selected idea of what they think the Bible says, what they think the Bible is all about. They already have it in their mind that for the most part, the Bible is going to be wrong on this. And so they may reference you know, Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel's vision of seeing the chariot of God come down in Ezekiel 1, they may reference that. But outside of that, their knowledge of what the scriptures actually say is extremely limited. And so this sets them up for, we had a, I had a gentleman that stopped by our booth and he talked with me and another man there for quite a long time. But he had, he had believed this, some kind of information that somebody gave to him that the real story of Moses and the Ten Commandments was all wrong, and that the Ten Commandments that's listed in the Bible were not the original Ten Commandments that God sent down from heaven, that there was another manuscript that they found somewhere, and that was the real commandments, and that had the real secrets and the real truth. And it's all with these people. It's all about, we're going to actually tell the truth and expose what the evil church people who've had the Bible now for 2,000 years, Mm -hmm. what they're trying to suppress and what they're trying to cover up and what they don't want anybody to know. They mentioned some of the the Gnostic Gospels that were written and so on. And so they think that in Christianity, there's a great big cover-up to cover up the the real truth. Mm -hmm. So before we get into, there's a little bit of of knowledge on the Vatican and and what they know about UFOs. We're going to take a quick break, but before we do, be sure to uh, get... The latest DVD by Pastor Hoggart, MUFON, it is on SWRC.com. Again, SWRC.com. Pastor Hoggart, before the break, real quick, tell us how folks can get in touch with you. Our website is UFOPastor.com. They can find me through that. We have practically all of the information that I have on UFOs. They can get in touch with me through our website, UFOPastor.com. Again, I'm Micah Van Huss. Uh, welcome back. Uh, I'm the host of Marginal Mysteries here for Southwest, and we have on the phone Pastor Hoggart talking about the MUFON Symposium in Cincinnati, Ohio this year. That is the Mutual UFO Network. And um, so, Pastor, um, you have mentioned at the very beginning, um, you know, the government cover-up. Why in the world would the government want to cover up UFOs? Well, I believe that, number one, obviously I believe these things exist. Number two, I believe that they are related to what we know from the Bible as evil spirits, evil angels, fallen angels, and so on. They are definitely related to that. They are, I believe, the Bible's teaching us that they are extra-dimensional creatures. In other words, they exist in a higher domain than you and I. The Bible says that God has made us, as humans, a little lower than the angels. So the angels exist in a higher realm than we do. And so one of the things I believe about the United States government cover-up of this was made known this year by a, an Air Force intelligence officer by the name of David Grush. He's the one that came out and testified before a congressional committee this year, this Mm -hmm. summer. I watched it. And he said that definitely the United States has recovered either crashed UFOs or UFOs that apparently were just left here for us. Yeah. And he said, said, yes, he said there are aspects of our government that – knows this information, they are working on reverse engineering 
the technology because one of the things, and you can actually see this in Ezekiel 1 with the movement of the uh, chariot that God rides in. The Bible says it ran and returned like a flash of lightning, Mm -hmm. which means that it had instant acceleration, instant deceleration. It breaks the laws of physics. And so here that, you know, these people are working on these craft and they know that they can defy the laws of gravity. They can defy the laws of physics that they can outgun, outrun, outshoot, outmaneuver, outmanipulate mm-hmm. anything else that the Russians would have, the Chinese would have, the nations in the Middle East would have, or any rogue system anywhere on the, in the world that they can almost guarantee our success in a future war if they could back-engineer these craft. And mm-hmm. from what you know, the UFO community hears, that they have had some success in doing this. And so the cover-up, I believe, exists because there is a knowledge then of this technology, knowledge how to wield it, and yeah. any government or any power that has that technology will basically rule the world. Mm-hmm. And that gentleman uh, in front of Congress not only talked about that technology, but he also answered Representative Nancy Mace's question of finding non-human biological uh, matter in the crashes. You heard that too. Yes, I did. And that was a question that I kept asking God for years, because I believed Roswell happened, and there's some other stories of the United States recovering not only crashed disks, but the bodies of the inhabitants of those disks. And one of the things that I believe is that, number one, they are the, of the angelic realm, like I said, and the inhabitants, or the aliens, we could call them, they are, they are evil angels, they're, they're evil spirits, and so on. And so my question was, God, how come these things can fly all the way through, you know, light years of space, come to this Earth, nothing happened to them, but when they get to planet Earth, they crash their ship and the people die. Because one of the things we know about the angelic realm is that angels are immortal, they don't die. So why is it that all of a sudden they die? The Lord gave me the answer in Psalm 82, and then when you think about it, there's, it references that in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 when it talks about the devil. In Ezekiel 82, it says, I have said ye are gods, which is the angelic realm, and all of ye are children of the Most High, but ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. And the word princes is a reference to what we wrestle against, principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Mm -hmm. And so I believe then the Bible's telling us that, yes, they are of a spirit nature. They're the immortals, and their ships can defy all of our physical laws. And yet, because they're down here meddling here on Earth, they're doing things that God forbids them to do. Would they come to this planet? In some cases, God allows them to revert to a state that is going from immortal to mortal, Mm -hmm. like man, and so that's how they can die, and that also explains how their ships can just fall out of the sky, because they fall like angels do. They fall Mm -hmm. like the angels. We know from Revelation 12, there's going to be a fall of angels. Revelation 6, a fall of angels. Christ mentioned it in Matthew 24. It's mentioned in the book of Daniel. It's mentioned in other places how the host of heaven are going to fall one of these days. And I believe that God is going to mortalize a lot of these angels, and they will die just like human Mm -hmm. beings. Just as Lucifer was cast from the holy mountain of God when he walked among the stones of fire, it's fascinating stuff. Lucifer is cast down for the kings of the earth to see his fall. Man, it's just such fascinating stuff. Of course, 
you had mentioned that the technology of how UFOs can kind of bounce, you know, move quickly that would kill any pilot inside. We as humanity, uh, 150 years ago or so, chose to go down the technology path of electricity. But there are other paths, such as magnetism, that the Nazis tried to go down. There's all kinds sure. of different paths that we just didn't take. What are your thoughts? Well, I, you know, as far as the technology goes, I think technology like that, no matter what form it is, in the hands of mortal men, is always going to end up being dangerous. We're playing with things. It's like doing uh, genetic work. We're playing with things that we don't really understand. We are trying to manipulate and we're trying to use for our benefit things that are advanced from us into the thousands of years. It will take man literally thousands of years to attain that knowledge on his own. And while he attains knowledge, he attains the ability to understand what he's playing with. Mm-hmm. Right now, if, as we say, there are certain elements in our government that have access to these craft and what they can do, then those people are messing with things and mingling with things that is going to end up for man's detriment rather than man's betterment. And we know that that's how everything ends up when you look in the book of Revelation and look at the uh, Olivet Discourse where Jesus told about what was going to happen in the last days. Mm-hmm. And so I think that all of this is things that man should stay away from, definitely. We are told in the end times, in the millennium as well, that men's lives will be as the lives of trees. I believe that's Isaiah 65 and 66. How does mankind live to be so long? Is the firmament remade for the millennium? Or do quote-unquote aliens return, which are demons, and say, oh, you have cancer? If you worship us, we'll cure that. Oh, you have war? Uh, if, if you worship us, we will put an end to war with their technology, as you mentioned. Yeah, and I think Daniel chapter 2 might, and I think I gave this out when we were speaking with you guys in Des Moines, was that my idea of Daniel chapter 2 and the vision that Nebuchadnezzar had was that fourth kingdom is the kingdom of principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness, and high places. In other words, that kingdom of these, these fallen angels, these aliens. And what it says there, that they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. We know what that means now. We know that it means man's DNA, and they will literally mingle themselves in with man's DNA. Man will accept this because it will make him into a god, or he believes that it will make him into a god, and thus turn him into an immortal. But as iron doesn't mix with miry clay, their kingdom is going to perish because their kingdom is literally divided against itself, just the way that Jesus said. Mm -hmm. And so I, I believe that whether through technology or through DNA manipulation, man is going to, is determined to become a god, an immortal. But it's not going to work out very well for him, as we know from the, the scriptures telling us of man's demise in the last day. And it sounds a lot like the uh, New Age religions. I tell you what, tomorrow let's get into the enlightenment of mankind ascending to godhood and New Age. But to wrap up today, we've been talking with Pastor Michael Hoggard about the MUFON network, Mutual UFO Network. You can pick up this DVD at swrc.com. And Pastor Hoggard, how can they get a hold of you? They can go to our website, ufopastor.com. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. We'll have more from Michael Hoggard on our next program. Michael Hoggard's complete rundown of the information from the MUFON Symposium is found in the brand new DVD special report from the Mutual UFO Network Live Symposium. This multi-part video series deals with various subjects, including a New Age false gospel related to the UFO phenomenon, how man's consciousness must be altered 
to accept the soon-coming invasion of evil demons posing as aliens, how Christian believers must put on the whole armor of God in order to resist the false gospel message of these aliens, and much more. Learn the latest with this DVD. Order your copy today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order on our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Now, with the latest information coming from the war against Israel, here's staff evangelist Josh Davis and Israeli archaeologist Clayton Van Hus. I'm privileged to be joined in the studio with our resident archaeologist Clayton Van Hus, the director of our Affirm Ministries, and he has spent a lot of time in Israel. Of course, our whole team was there just a few months ago, and we wanted to bring you an Israel update on some of the things that are developing with this war against Hamas and perhaps other fronts as well. So we want to bring you some updates and information. We're continuing to pray for the peace of Jerusalem like Psalm 122 verse 6 tells us. And as we've mentioned over the time, this isn't just going to be for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, but Israel has dedicated themselves to be in this for the long haul. Clayton, what are some of the developments that you're seeing in Israel? Yeah, Josh, this is very interesting. Of course, the ground war has begun, and we are seeing uh, the Israeli forces. The IDF has moved into Gaza, and they are dealing with a lot of the dangers that are, that are coming along. The tunnels are certainly a problem. And, of course, the Israelis are trying to take care of those tunnels, but the Hamas fighters keep using them to pop out and ambush trying to blow up tanks and that sort of thing. But also on the northern front, we're seeing some developments with Hezbollah and Syria. Mm -hmm. And so this is an interesting thing. And I, I think we need to watch those areas because once these things start to spread, you know, it's not going to be contained simply in Gaza, but it will go around all the enemies that Israel has to their north and their east. They, they can definitely cause some problems up there. Yeah, and we're watching that unfold. Uh, Hezbollah has had some partnerships, it seems like, at least with Syria. And you were mentioning some things to me before we came on the air. What are some of the partnerships or some of the resources that Syria has, has offered to give to Hezbollah there in Lebanon? Sure. Um, Syria has offered Hezbollah. Now, remember, Hamas is, is where the war is, but Hezbollah is mm-hmm. moving in. They have offered Hezbollah air defense systems, and the Israeli Air Force often flies into Syria to attack different terrorist targets. And of course, they're, they're fighting there on the border with Hezbollah. And so Syria has given them air defenses, the means to shoot down Israeli aircraft. That's quite an alliance, and Syria is mm-hmm. definitely stepping themselves into this war on that. You know, and with Iran backing so much of Hezbollah and, and those places, mm. we're looking at possibly some very, very bad, big developments yes. soon. Right. And there's a lot of these alliances that are being drawn. It seems like people are choosing sides and Israel seems to be surrounded. I know that we spent time when we were visiting in the countries of Israel and Jordan, we spent a lot of time in Jordan and getting to see some of the interplay and hear firsthand accounts of how Israel and Jordan's relations are. 
there is some tension there, and I think we could all feel that and sense that when we were even trying to cross the border from Israel into Jordan. And this was what about four weeks before October 7th events of that day took place. And so I know that that's still there, but the latest information I've seen is that Jordan is still staying out of it. And I think that's a big plus for Israel at this point. Yes. And, and of course, the Jordanian government likes being friends with us. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're going to, you know, and at the moment they're showing, oh, yeah, we, we're against the Hamas attacks or whatever. However, the sentiment in the country is very much anti-Israel. It's a touchy situation. You know, what do you do when your people want one thing and the government is trying another thing to placate the, the powers that be? Yes. Yeah, and and, uh, I know that Jordan receives billions of gallons of water every year from Israel as part of their peace treaty that they signed back in the 90s. And that would really hurt the Jordanian people because water is very scarce in Jordan to begin with. And if you're suddenly turning against Israel and they turn off the spigot, so to speak, and the water supply that they have coming into Jordan, that could severely hurt the Jordanian people. Sure. And it's, it's things like that, natural resources and some of those things that, that lead to alliances or fights. Mm-hmm. And historically, uh, that land has, has been a place where you have to fight for water or trade with water. Look at Abraham and the wells. They're on that coast. You know, we look at, at Gaza. Abraham was dealing with people who would become the Philistines. Uh, there's a lot of talk about that. But we look at uh, Gaza. Gaza was one of the five cities of the Philistines. Remember, the Philist- they were always a thorn in the flesh of Israel. We had Gaza, Gath, Ekron, Ashdod, and Ashkelon. Those were the five cities of the Philistines there along the coast. And today, that's still where we're having issues. And much of it is, is uh, due to historical geography, really. Hmm. And that's fascinating. Now, this war in Israel has impacted all of Israel's citizens the tourism industry that many Christians availed themselves of, including us and our team that went to film there. And thank God that we were able to get home safely. But there's many people who were there in the country. Many businesses, many lives have been devastated by this war, not just because of the loss of a loved one directly, but they're out of work and many things like that. And so, friends, we just urge you to continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, like the Bible says in Psalm 122, verse 6. And uh, we want to keep this news in front of you because we want to continue to pray for them. We're in this for the long haul with Israel, and we believe that the Lord will honor those who honor Israel. Like he promised Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, I will bless those who bless you, I will curse those who curse you. And so we come to the Lord in prayer for the people of Israel and praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Michael Hoggard's complete rundown of the information from the MUFON Symposium is found in the brand new DVD entitled Special Report from the Mutual UFO Network Live Symposium. This multi-part video series deals with various subjects that you need to know about. Learn the latest with this DVD. Order your copy today when you call 1-800-652-1144 or order on our website, swrc.com. Tomorrow, Michael Hoggard will share even more information and insight from his time at the UFO Symposium. 
Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.